Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 8, Three Keys to Happiness at Work. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. Hi, I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And across from me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Pam. How are you today? Just great. That's terrific. Want to remind our listeners that the purpose of Growth Igniters Radio is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for leaders who want to take themselves and their companies to their next level of success. Pam, I have to tell you that I'm really happy doing these shows with you. What a coincidence. Me too. That's great. Did you know that in 2012, the United Nations declared March 20th to be observed as the International Day of Happiness? Did you know this? I did not know that. No. And and we can actually... uh, provide people with a description of what this is under resources on the page. On the for show this. page. Right, That right. sounds like a good idea. One more reason that I'm really happy today is that my good friend, Gail Lance, is with us to talk about three keys to happiness at work. Gail is founder of Work Matters Incorporated. She's a leadership expert who helps executives, teams, and organizations improve performance. She's the author of the book, Take the Bull by the Horns, and co-author of a new best-selling book on Amazon, Happiness Recipe. Her articles or insights have been featured in a variety of major media and business publications, including a Harvard Management Update, Wall Street Journal Online, Fast Company. Gail, welcome. Thank you, Pam and Scott. It's good to be here. So many people listening would agree that happiness in the workplace is important, yet it seems like it's become even more important now. Why is that? Well, research is showing a direct correlation between happiness at work and performance on the job. So yes, everyone wants to be happy at work, but there's even more motivation for organizations to be paying attention to these issues so that they can get the best performance, get the best results at the end of the day. So what are some examples of what you've seen as happiness in the workplace or the need for more? Yeah, well, a lot of that has to do with the level of engagement that organizations have or that employees have in their work. And so some of the projects that I've been working on uh, involve uh, an objective of helping engage employees in their work so that they can do better in, in their job. And so what you'll find is that leaders, managers, executives are working harder to draw out the best in their people. They want to know what makes them tick. What do they care about? Because ultimately, when you're bringing out the best in your employee, they'll bring more to the table. They'll want to work harder. They'll want to do more so that you'll be able to really leverage the best in them by increasing that level of engagement. Which makes a lot of sense. I know that sometimes, at least in our experience and in consulting, we've seen that It's not always as obvious to leaders when somebody is not happy. Would you agree? I think so. Sometimes it can be reflected in performance. You wonder, why isn't this person 
showing up every day when they need to be getting to work on time? Or why is the person in this role not uh, seeing things the way that they need to be or, or getting the, the performance to the level that it should be? Often it's because there could be something that's holding that person back. And the manager doesn't need to necessarily be a psychotherapist, but they probably do need to tune into whatever's going on with that person to better understand what their motivations are, what their strengths are. You know, so many times we have people who are kind of forced fit into a position Mm -hmm. instead of being put into a role that truly leverages what their talents are. So that's a lot of, of the work that I do with organizations is trying to find that alignment so that sure. the talents and the skills and the interests fit the role that the person is is charged to be doing. I know that when we've come in uh, to work with companies, sometimes there can be rumors flying around like crazy. For mm-hmm. instance, people get very insecure or there, there are issues that are going on. So it's a sign that there's a lot of unhappiness in the workplace. And yet what's really interesting, and I bet you've seen this too, that some of the very best companies will be giving parties, they'll have wonderful benefits, perks all, perks over, the place. all over. And yet there are people who are not happy. You've seen that, I'm sure. Well, one of the things that I found is that it's more about the nuances. And you're right, a lot of companies are going to kind of extreme measures to try to make sure that people are are celebrating and they're they're having the parties and doing those kinds of things. But it really boils down to the day-to-day simple things that a leader can do. And what I've found is a lot of it has to do with simple appreciation, acknowledgement. People want to know that their work is being seen that they're being heard, that what they're doing is appreciated. And so when I'm involved in projects and getting feedback from employees, that's usually one of the overriding themes that comes up is that they'll say things like, well, I don't think it matters what I'm doing here. Uh Or they're just going to do what they want to do anyway. They don't listen to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So just some of those, those little subtle, simple things make such a big difference. It doesn't have to be rocket science. Yeah, I think that uh, it's really important to be sensitive to uh, other people to kind of pick up some of those nuances. One of the things that I like to do when we go somewhere is uh, look for things like Dilbert cartoons in cubicles. (laughs) If you've got somebody with a lot of Dilbert cartoons dissing the pointy-haired boss, you go, huh, I wonder what's going on here. Sometimes (laughs) it's a clue. Sometimes it's just they like Dilbert. Oh, mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. true. I think we can collectively agree that happiness at work is not a nice to do. The need to increase happiness at work is not a nice to do. It has it a real really top and is, bottom line. Exactly. It's a must do. Yeah. Would you agree with that too? Absolutely. I think 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 of the number of hours that you spend every day at work. Why not try to make the most of it and, and bring out the best in yourself and the organization? There's a lot that you can do personally if you happen to be the employee that's dissatisfied or not finding the happiness that you want. But there's even more that you can do if you're in a leadership role, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, to really influence and impact the satisfaction that employees find in the workplace. Absolutely. I agree. So what we're going to do is take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Gail Lance about a few of the surprising reasons why more people aren't happy at work. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. 
enabling successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. If you subscribe to the Growth Igniters community by going to growthignitersradio.com and clicking the Join Our Community button up in the upper right corner, we can send you weekly updates with a direct link to each episode page so you can easily access all the extra resources and show notes and get even more value from each episode. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're talking with Gail Lance, founder of Work Matters, about workplace happiness and why it has such an important impact on business success. Gail, how can people find you? Well, the best way to find me is is simply going to the website workmatters.com. Okay. And it's filled with all kinds of resources. It's a great website. So, Let's get to the heart of the issue here. Why aren't more people happy at work? There are plenty of companies, as we said, they give parties, they offer good salaries, they offer all kinds of perks, and all in the interest of making people happy, and it's well-intentioned. And yet people can still be unhappy, even under these conditions. That's right. I, I think some people are just unhappy anywhere. So you have to kind of rule out the few that probably have made up their mind that that's just how they're going to be regardless of the situation. But I also think a, a number of people feel a sense of helplessness and uncertainty. You know, there, there's been uh, a lot of optimism in the market lately. And I think people uh, are, are looking forward to good things happening, but there's still a sense of, of being a little bit out of control, having to rely on the organization to uh, direct your future uh, shakeup and, and management and leadership can create stress for employees. So a lot of that does contribute to, to stress and um, concern in the workplace that can affect happiness. I agree. There are a lot of organizational factors these days. And obtaining talent and keeping employees engaged is something I think we're going to be doing a lot of addressing in future episodes. I want to go back to thinking about what's internal to the person, though, because you've made a couple of points. I mean, like the one where some people aren't happy anywhere. So in a way, it sounds like you're saying that for some people, it's it's their internal thermostat, in a sense. Is that right? I think it is. There are some people, I think, who are a little more naturally wired to be optimistic, you, you have to really be cautious about getting people into your workplace who really don't have that spirit and the attitude that you're looking for, because that can permeate the rest of the organization, affect the culture. So I think you have a mix of different kinds of people in the workplace, and you do have to just pay attention to, to the natural attitude, to, to how they're wired is how I like to, to capture so that. So you're, you're looking for the glass half full people as opposed to the glass half empty people. Yes, for, for their own sake, because they'll typically uh, rise to the occasion and, and mm-hmm. perform well, but they can also be such a positive influence across the organization. Okay, well, what about people who, who do see the glass of, as you know, ha- kind of half empty or, well, it's completely full, but half of it is air and I can't drink that. <laughs> uh, what, can you, what can you do or what can leaders do? What can the individual do? If they have that propensity or if they feel stressed or uncertain, they're not satisfied. I mean, are we just saying, yeah, no hope? 
Oh, not, not necessarily. I think one of the best things that you can do is to try to bring them into the conversation and to talk openly about the issues. A lot of times I see people or leaders in particular who really don't want to or don't know how to address the negativity. They just kind of hope it will go away. You know, can't we just kind of shuffle it under the rug or they'll wait another week because things are so busy right now, they'll focus on it later. So I think one of the best things that you can do is is address it head on. Don't let it fester because it will become more poisonous the longer you let that kind of attitude permeate the organization. Uh, I do a lot of one-on-one executive coaching. And so uh, one executive who was dealing with a, a difficult person was able to have a heart-to-heart conversation and identify exactly what it was that uh, was creating some of the stress and negativity in the office. It, for one thing, they, they stated it as a behavior that they noticed, which is a, a good tip right. for leaders. You always want to talk about the behavior, not the person. Um, and once the leader pointed that out, the other person opened up and started explaining why they felt that way. So anytime you can have a person articulate what's going on in their mind, understand how they're thinking, you have a better shot as a leader at being able to impact them in a positive way. So they were essentially able to air a lot of the information out in the open, uh, wrapping it around the intent of wanting the best for everyone involved is another theme that I often preach to clients uh-huh. that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Some of these some of these conversations are so sensitive and and leaders are afraid to to get into that territory. But if you lead the conversation in a way that says, "Hey, I just want to make sure that we're focused on what's best for everyone involved here, for you, for us. Let's talk about some issues so that we can work together on helping us get where we need to be." That way, it's it, it's pulling them in as a team as opposed right. to I can't handle your attitude. Sure. You know, it's interesting that sometimes we think as leaders, we know what the answer is going to be. I mean, you're talking about opening up. And every once in a while, I've seen leaders be very surprised by the response. I remember one time when leaders were particularly mystified by something that was going on in uh, this one company, and they couldn't understand why people were so upset, so upset. They thought they knew what was happening. And it turned out that when they started talking, as you're describing, that the people were actually seeing things happening that were going on because the company was growing. People misinterpreted, thought that the company was going out of business because they could not figure out what was happening. And the leaders were absolutely dumbfounded. How could this possibly be that that they would think that? And yet, that happens a lot. You know, we think we know what somebody thinks, and then we have to hear what they tell us in order to really get behind it and address it effectively. That's right. There's there's a lot of room for misinterpretation. Yeah. So being aware of behaviors that might signal unhappiness, being empathetic, and asking the question in a non in a neutral, non judgmental way can really free up that information and give you some options. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And another radical thought is to view it as an opportunity. When you see those signals, instead of thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to have this difficult confrontation to think this is an opportunity where I'm going to learn something and I will actually be able to help someone Mm -hmm. that that can actually help the overall business. So viewing it as an opportunity to help is 
a, a paradigm shift for yeah. many leaders that are stressed about having to confront a difficult situation. But so important. And I think the other thing, and this goes back to your whole basic belief about work matters that I, I love, uh, you talk about how people view their work as maybe the beginning of, of thinking about how to get out of the unhappiness. Yes, I think that especially younger generations are committed to doing work that has meaning to them compared to some other generations that see work as work. It's just something that you do, and then you get paid for it, and then you go home. Uh, mm -hmm. More and more people, uh, it just happens to be more common, I think, in some of the younger generations, but it's, it's even uh, sometimes as you are approaching your later years, though, in your career, you decide, I want to do something that has more meaning and purpose. And they see the value in doing that. And they're more willing to make changes. They're more willing to, to stand up for what they believe in and move in a direction that makes sense simply because they're, they're committed to uh, aligning themselves with that, that sense of meaning and purpose. Good points. Well, so it sounds like what we're saying is that it's really important to understand what's behind the unhappiness in the workplace. Before you can really address it, you have to understand some of these things can be very surprising and we can't make assumptions about them. But there are actually things that we can do. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next segment. So we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll speak more with Gail Lance, founder of Work Matters, about some concrete things that you can do to increase happiness in the workplace now. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. If you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, click on Episode 8, and use the share links for iTunes, Stitcher, LinkedIn, Twitter, at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us using hashtag GrowthIgniters. And do us a favor, rate and review this show on iTunes. Doing these things will help us extend our reach to all the people who can benefit from this show and all the other ones we do. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, we've been talking with Gail Lance, founder of Work Matters Incorporated, about the top and bottom line impact that happiness has on company performance. And also we've been talking in the last segment about the need to understand why people aren't happier before you just go out and do something. Now we're ready to talk about the three steps to increase happiness in the workplace. But before we do, Gail, how can people find you and your books? They can find me at workmatters.com. And there you'll find links to different resources on the site. So I think that's just the best place to go is workmatters.com. Okay. So now that we've been talking about some of the background about happiness, the need for it and all of that, let's talk about what we can actually do about it so that the listeners, when they get off, all of you get off, are going to be able to do something. And I want to clarify that the steps that you're going to be talking about, Gail, could apply to anybody at any level of a company, correct? Could be That's a board right. member, CEO, executive. Yes. 
Okay. General, so let's yes, general tips, suggestions. <laughs> okay, so let's go. What's the first step? Um, the first step is to play to your natural strengths and interests. So many times I'm working with individuals at any level, and they may not have clarity about what they do well. You know, if I were to say, what are the three things that you do really well, better than everyone else? Go off the top of your head. Would Mm. you be able to answer that question? A lot of people can't. They'll tell me, oh, Uh well, here's what I have to do in my job. And they'll regurgitate a job description. Right. But they're not well-versed on articulating who it is that they are, what they really enjoy doing, and what some of their core strengths are. So being able to be aware of what your strengths are so that you can leverage them is one of the first steps. And there are lots of ways to go about gaining more insight about your strengths that, that we can discuss. Okay, let's one discuss might, it. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, one of which might be to uh, take some assessments. There are all kinds okay. of online assessments. Um, anything from uh, Myers-Briggs, Strengths Finders, um, mm-hmm. DISC. There, there are lots of different popular tools out there. And the whole purpose of engaging with those kinds of tools or assessments is to help you validate or confirm that there's some key things about yourself that stand out and to, to give you some clues about ways in which you can leverage those gifts. Another way to, get, to know what your strengths are is simply to have deliberate conversations with people in your network to get feedback from them and to say, you know, I've been thinking about how I'm going about my work or thinking about next steps. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you see my work or how you view me and your close friends and colleagues would be glad to give you feedback to help you gain more clarity around that. Mm -hmm. I would think also that if we tune into ourselves and try to kind of keep a mental log of When we are satisfied with what we're doing, what do we naturally gravitate to? Is it, you know, writing reports, talking to prospects, whatever it is, if I spend more time doing it and I like doing that as opposed to something else, well, boom, there's a clue to a natural strength, I would think. That's true. There are often patterns in our life that we don't see. And so one of the exercises that I often have clients go through is to talk about experiences, experiences, very specific stories when they have accomplished something that they're proud of, or where they've felt like they've really been in the moment to dissect Mm -hmm. those experiences, so that they can then draw out those themes and patterns to, to give them more clarity so that they can take that into account in their thinking process. Mm-hmm. I like what you're saying, Gail, and I think that the idea to use maybe a combination of these things uh, sounds like a wonderful way to really get a balanced perspective. Oh, I think so. I think the assessments are simply a tool in the process, and mm-hmm. note that they can be misused, too, depending on where you get them or oh, how yes. they're being administered. But right. they're simply a tool. They're just one tool, but there are lots of different ways. The whole point, though, is to take some time. It usually does take at least a little thinking time apart from the job to reflect Mm -hmm. on when you've been at your best and to understand why is that? What are the, what are the themes? What are the skills? What, what was it in that experience that stands out that uh, is, is helping me gain more insight about myself? Okay. Well, that sounds good. So uh, anything else on this or are we ready to go on to the second key? Yeah, second step is to to keep your focus on what you can control and influence. I can't tell you how many people I meet with, and a lot of our conversation is about what they worry about. Mm-hmm. And it might look like this, well, I don't know if I, if I am still in this position a year from now and I haven't been promoted, or I'm not at the next level, I'm not sure what I will do, or 
I'm not sure if there are changes happening. I can't control them. Or or, there's just a lot of uncertainty that's reflected. And people are so focused Mm -hmm. on what they don't know about and they don't have control over. I agree. So the more you can focus on what you can do, how you can respond, uh, the better outcome you'll get. It just doesn't serve any purpose to continue to worry about those things if you flip the focus to what you really want to do and make happen and have a clear vision, then you can actually accelerate your progress toward whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. I was just going to add on to that, that one of the most common examples I hear are, are people who can't control other people. You know, that you can, you can you talk can't. to some people, you can, yeah, you can try to influence, but at, at the end of the day, there are some people who will just be who they are. And mm-hmm. so you, you have to get to a point where you either accept that or you decide how you will deal with it so that you can accomplish, again, what's most important to you. But stay focused on those things that you can control and influence. And a lot of times that other people are beyond what you can influence. That's true. But if we take accountability for our own happiness outside of those people, whoever those people are, there, there are things that we can focus on and do no matter how much or how little control we have, right? That's, that's what you're right. saying? And that starts okay. with the decision. Yes, that starts with the decision, the commitment to be happy. And okay. I know it's not as, as easy as it sounds, but that's certainly a starting point, is recognizing if you're not in that place where you want to be and saying, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm making a decision that this is something that I'm either working toward or that I'm claiming now, and that uh, you won't settle for anything less. And if you have a personal vision, as you say, this is, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what satisfies me. How can I get more of that? Right. It should actually become easier or less arduous mm-hmm. because you're right. moving towards something that makes sense to you, that you want to see happen. So it kind of makes a lot of the other stuff in the periphery fall away that's been bothering you or eating up a lot of your brain power. Okay. What's that third key? The third key is to make small improvements over time. It's hard to make a radical shift overnight if you're trying to affect major change in your life Mm -hmm. or your work. So deciding what those specific small steps would be, for example, if if you're in a position and you would like to move into a higher level, you can say, okay, for now I'm going to work on a specific skill. Maybe it's public speaking. Maybe it's team building. Uh, Maybe it's strategic thinking. But to say, I'm just going to focus on strengthening that skill because I know that that will help me achieve what I want in the long run. But to go about it as a process instead of having an expectation that things will change overnight is, is really a key to success. You know, anything that's um, ever worth getting takes some time and, and persistence. So breaking it into smaller pieces so that you have a sense of, accomplish, of an accomplishment along the way will be critical. I, I would agree with you. You know, one of the things that, that you've launched that's so clever is uh, My Daily Coach. Can you tell people about that? Because it applies to some of what we're talking about. Right. I produced that, uh, that new app called My Daily Coach, which is a very simple thought or question of the day to just provoke good thinking. It's designed for leaders and managers 
who want to be more deliberate about how they're going about their work and their life. So yes, that's that's a perfect example of something Taking kind control. of very small. <laughs> Yes, to me, it, it all goes back to take the bull by the horns, take control, right. you can do that's it. That's right, that's but, right. But and that's, it's free. small steps. And it's oh, free. Oh, yes, that, that is free. free. Uh, anyway, believe it or not, our time is ending here. And I just wanted to ask you, do you have any last thought for now? Well, I think my last thought would be to, to view this, as I said, as a process, but, but to know that it's okay if, if you're not sustaining happiness all the time. So I think it is good to have as a goal, but to not be too hard on yourself if you feel like you're going through some periods where things are just difficult. And to to view those as stepping stones, as growth opportunities will help you in the bigger picture. So I hope that anyone listening to this would continue to have the motivation to keep moving forward and not be concerned if they fall into some, some gaps every now and then or some slumps, because that's just part of being human. Well, Gail, thank you again for being our guest, and we definitely will have you come back. And uh, if you have any questions related to today's episode or any episode, go to open a conversation with us at the bottom of the episode page. And to find out who our guest will be next Wednesday, go to growthignitersradio.com and look in the sidebar for a schedule of upcoming episodes over the next few weeks. Thanks for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, enroll in My Daily Coach, share on social media, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 8. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss. What's one thing you can do that could increase happiness at work for yourself and others. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.